Hello, hello, and welcome back to a brand new episode of SG Explain. So, Where's Elliot? <laughs> so I don't know if it's like fate or meant to be or just a really good excuse, but today it will just be Mapel Rovic and myself Charmian on this episode. It just so happens to be the two singletons of this trio here to bring you an update on dating trends here in Singapore. Updated. 2022. This is a really interesting episode because the last time we did a dating episode was all the way, I think, in 2018. Oh shit! With Willie of all people, and if folks who remember Willie, Willie's a 30-something-year-old, very experienced, very seasoned dude. Okay. But his views on dating are. Definitely very interesting. So, me and doing it with you is definitely going to be very different. I know. I heard the first one in season one, and I was like, "Okay, you need me to step in to do an update." <laughs> so today's update will, of course, have new perspectives, new research, and so by the end of today's episode, everybody here gets a D in 2022. And when I say D, I mean date. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. I was like, I'm not sure if I need a D. <laughs> love is love. Okay. Anyway. Um, we do have something special lined up for you guys listening to today's episode, and um, it's just our way of saying thank you for the support. And we hope that you guys are excited about this little collab that we have as well. So stay tuned; we'll be sharing more in our break. But let's dive right in, Rovik. Anyway, when we talk mm-hmm. about like modern dating, right? Safe to say we can't avoid bringing online dating into this because we live in a world that's fast-paced, and we're all about that instant gratification. So. How do you feel about dating apps? Which one, right? <laughs> I have I have like five downloaded on my phone. I think I only use actually three of them, but I, I have five downloaded in just in case I ever get bored. Just in case, uh. so is it you swipe one ready then like you meet the quota you have to go to the next one? <laughs> yeah, 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 basically. So I, I'm the kind of guy who will who will swipe when I'm bored, mm-hmm. like for example mm-hmm. when I'm on the bus or. You know, if I'm waiting for someone, yeah. each app has a different sort of profile yeah. of people. I kind of get a sense after a while. So you want to look at different apps or different types of profiles. Yeah. So I don't know. Do you use dating apps, man? I don't. The one time I used it was like long ago after a really long relationship. I was like, yeah, fuck this. I'm 22. I'm going to like go out there and like wild out. And it was like a brief six months of using Tinder, I believe. And I hated it because like I had just really low self-esteem from just swiping aimlessly. I think also the mindset that I took with me using the app was not right. Like I expected to go there and meet the one right away. But I also think now that user profile that comes to the app is very important because if you just don't vibe with the same pool of people on that app, I think it's going to be pretty pretty fruitless. <laughs> so Rovi, you having, you know, had five different apps, do you see a distinct difference in terms of user profile? Well, let me talk about the three apps that I do use, right? So I use Tinder, Bumble, and Coffee Meets Bagel pretty regularly. I would say that Tinder tends to be a pretty decent mix of local and expatriate population. Bumble tends to lean a bit more into not just the expat pool, but also people who may be a bit more globally minded, people who traveled a bit or people who care about diversity a bit more, let's just say. Coffee Meets Bagel, I think, goes the other direction. So Coffee Meets Bagel is a bit more hyper-local. It's when you swipe on a Coffee Meets Bagel and you match, you kind of know that you're going down the 
oh, BTO, you know, settle down in Singapore kind of route very quickly. So that's how I've rationalized the app. And, you know, the dates I go on sort of validate that. So it's not without some evidence. That's the profiles I've seen on, on a different apps. I mean, I think it's safe to say that the formula with dating apps is quite cookie cutter. You know, it tends to be like high volume, more often than not low quality connections, no offense, because like it's like a numbers game, right? So there is a higher tendency to burn out from like swiping so many times and like going on just one off dates. For me, at least, I find it really exhausting, which is why I tend to stay away from it. And in fact, you know, according to Asia One, the online dating segment is projected to reach 5.4 million Singapore dollars this year with a user penetration rate of 5%. So dating apps are usually free to use, but I know that they also have paid premium tiers, right? Like things like Super Swy or like Tinder Gold. Am I getting it right? Yeah. I mean, Tinder itself has so many different paid offerings. Sometimes it feels like a pay to swipe kind of environment, you know. And that's not even like going on the date and spending money on getting to know the person yet. It's literally paying to to potentially score, you know, a match, which is so, I don't know. It just sounds, it just sounds like a waste of time and energy. And at least for me, like that's one of the reasons why I, I stay away from it. I know on some level also, if you want to meet people in the real world and in today's world, online dating is a bit hard to run from, right? If we can't run away from digital dating or spending some form of money in the dating process, and, you know, we don't want to burn out from lackluster superficial connections, perhaps there's a different way, right? And actually, that's why today we're very, very lucky to have a local startup to come and talk to us about how we can change the way we approach modern dating through thoughtful matches to make your money's worth. And we have none other than Chuchun from Kopi Date, which has been changing the dating game in Singapore. They focus on curating dating experiences rather than goal-based dating, which we'll try to unpack later on. It's made by Singaporeans for Singaporeans. Love to welcome Chuchun, also known as Z, co-founder of Kopi Date, on the show. Uh, Chuchun, welcome. <laughs> Hi, hi guys. Hi, Shari. Hi, Romy. Thanks for having me on the show. No problem. It's funny because how I found Z was through a friend of a friend of a friend. So connections really take you places. (laughs) So Z, tell us a bit about yourself and uh, how you end up being the co-founder of Kopi Date. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Shari, for having me on the show. So my name is Z. I'm Zichin. I come from a slightly more tech-based uh, startup background. In fact, Copydate first started out right um, from a uh, from a humble social experiment back in 2018 in Land with my then friend and now partner Jing. So it's kind of quite a funny story. <laughs> yeah, Jing was then a graphic designer and she wanted to sell some of her photography prints at that flea market, right? But Two days before the flea market, she realized that her hard disk has spoiled. And then, so instead of this photo from Kofi Pinch, that night she, she asked me out to, to say, like, hey, how, 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 what should we do in this booth, right? So I came up with this like uh, spontaneous idea of just getting random strangers in the flea market to go on these spontaneous dates with one another. And, and this is because I just came back from this solo trip uh, like in the Middle East and I was super inspired by all the you know connections that I had and the random interactions I had back then with strangers, right? 
So, so yeah, that night uh, we got to work and we grabbed some chairs, some tables from my houses, and even like designed a small banner and we put up this like $10 for copy date kind of sign. Which oh my God. Yeah, I remember us coming around at Suntech City, finding like a dozen of Nescafe can um, coffees to buy. Uh, and, and it's at the booth, booth uh, so it was very scrappy and it's really uh, just a fun idea and that's how Poopy did first started in general that's so cute like truly humble beginnings <laughs> one of the things I found very interesting was that you know you guys say that you are focused on dating experiences rather than goal-based dating, right? What are you trying to do differently with copy dates? The whole idea of copy date, uh, as I was saying from the property market, it turned out to be a really big hit and we noticed, noticed that people are really fascinated about the idea. They were like dragging their friends over and we even had influencers blogging about the scene. So that kept us wondering like, hey, um, maybe there's something there. Maybe we can uh, dig deeper. So as like the both of you, I used to be a dating app user from the past, <laughs> and and it was really fascinating too at the start. Like it feels like you know the world is on the you know, the palm, right? There's few opportunities. I can meet different people from all around the world, even when I'm traveling, etc. However, it's easy to notice like there's some kind of problems that occur along the way where, you know, it feels like as what I mentioned earlier on, you know, it encourages quantity. Uh, over like quality and kind of like superficiality over authenticity, right? Like, and like most, you know, um, apps, you know, is heavily digitalized and gamified, somewhat similar to the social media applications that we are using right now, such as Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, where it's designed to get you addicted. And I know this because I work in a tech startup scene and fun fact, I also work in a dating app startup back in San Francisco and a couple of years back. So, so I know that, you know, they have thousands of the most smartest people, you know, focusing on how to capture your attention, getting addicted to the products as, as much as possible, right? And that's essentially that business model is not a right or wrong thing. So I also explore, you know, other platforms such as matchmaking agencies where traditional, most people see as overly expensive, a little bit more stigmatized and kind of like old-fashioned in a sense. And that's why we decided to build CopyDip where we can be a sweet spot between these players and mm. deliver kind of Conversation-centered, you know, unique dating experiences, right? So the core proposition is to focus on human first before dating. That's super interesting. And actually, you know, Mian, I think this topic is super relevant because when we did episode four years ago, Willie and I had started to talk about how dating apps were already becoming normal at that point, right? To Ooh. this day, I feel like people have gotten used to to sharing with their parents even that, oh, I'm so <laughs> on a dating app, right? But you're also seeing actually sort of this, I don't know if the, the term is postmodern or, or post-dating app sort of era where mm. a lot of people want to move away from dating apps exactly for what Z was saying, right? That actually dating apps start to become very volume-driven. At a certain level, it also feels like you're not really connecting with people on a very meaningful yeah. way. You know, I'll just connect one dot, which is Z, actually, I think what you're doing operates in a very similar space as a project that I'm working on. Actually, me and I don't even know if you know this. In The Hidden Good, which is a social enterprise that, that I started a while ago, we actually uh, recently started doing dating as well. And actually... We'll focus on more around social impact dating, but it's the same exact thesis as Z, just focus more around social impact, right? So the idea is that we realize that more and more people, they don't want to just like date random people. They want to date people who care about similar values or similar causes. Yeah. And so actually dating for good, which is a dating service we provide, is focused first on the, the cause or the, 
or the issue and people sort of get paired up around it, right? And we're seeing a lot of young people sign up because they're, they're saying the same thing as what Z is saying. Oh, I don't want, you know, just a dating app or a matchmaking agency. I really want to focus on on the experience. Yeah, I mean, personally for me, like I've always wanted, you know, organic connections. And I think that's what intrigued me with Gopi Date. Like even on their website, they're pretty secretive about the community that they have. Um, but what I can tell from, you know, the cause that's driving Gopi Date is that they focus on forming genuine connections. And they're not promising you that you're going to walk away with like a BTO by the end of like one Gopi Date. But I think they have an algorithm that would be really interesting to hear about that will help you curate, you know, a date that's at least worthwhile. You know, even if you don't end up marrying the person or seeing them for long, like you could walk away knowing that you had a good conversation. So this brings us to ask you the next question, actually. Um, Z, could you run us the process of Gopi Date from signing up to showing up? For the date. Like what you mentioned earlier, we had a curated community of members, and then this is because we try to, you know, everyone, um, people who we feel will be a good fit. They love to have, you know, great conversations and uh, really want to be express their authentic self moving forward without like this heavy agenda of like, like matchmaking agencies where you want to get. Expecting to get hitched over the next week or so, but more like enjoying the experience and the moment. So members usually after they sign up, uh, they'll hop on to a copied brew with our team. Uh, so it's more like an onboarding call where you do an almost kind of like a documentary stylish uh, conversation, somewhat like what we're doing now to celebrate that individuality and learn about more about them in a deeper manner. And at the same time, also share Kopidit's philosophy with them, uh, you know, here and there. So some of our conversations, our questions include like, oh, what would they do if they have all the money in the world and can retire today? Or perhaps what excites them most about life right now? Right. So it's not just like, what's your favorite color? <laughs> what's your mom's maiden name type things? I thought those were the kind of questions that people ask when they want to know your password. <laughs> See, those are the kind of uh, questions that more cater towards matchmaking agencies and they try to find that exact preferences, you know, do you want someone who is earning, you know, 100k a year or, you know, um, what are their you know, core values and so on and so forth, right? So we try to go study deeper and to really understand and celebrate that individuality in general. That's really nice to hear. And I think I would actually appreciate those questions because, I mean, I'll admit, right, around four or five years ago, I actually went to one of these uh, matchmaking agencies. I won't say what, what the name of the agency was. But basically, the two words sounded the same. Right? That's that. <laughs> so it's the name that's, that's, that's two words that sound the same. I remember they asked me some questions that I was just like, it was too soon for me to know the answers to. And I was like, I you know, it's going to take me some time to get to know the answers. Like they were asking me like, what height should your, your partner be? Lols. And then they were like, what should they be earning? I was like, wow, like these are, I haven't even met the person and you want me to know all these answers, right? But I, but they were telling me, and then I get it and I believe them, that a lot of people actually do ask those questions. And I realized that I don't want to be dating those people. If like, this is what matters to you first, then maybe we're just not in the same yeah. dating pool, right? Mm-hmm. And actually some of the questions you are talking about Z. I think those would be really interesting. So subsequently, we will, uh, our members will then be enrolled into like different subscription plans and they'll gain access to our experience app that we have built in-house uh, where you know they have a variety of kind of like social or psychological education curriculums and perspectives so, so that they'll be able to kind of like empower themselves, have a fresh new perspective in terms of how they can approach wow. the, uh, 
the dating uh, scene because you know, as you know dating involves time and uh, with the advance of all this huge demand for kind of like mental wellness uh, this is something that uh, you know we want to chime in as well they will just have to wait for the first completed experience where we have like a fun little build up where we review to them like the date, secret date location a teaser of the dates so it's, it's like a blind date la. yes exactly it's kind of fun right like they kind of create a story around it and they kind of build up the excitement, which I think sometimes is, is lost in modern dating. Like I want to be excited about who I'm going to meet. And what are some of the dates that you guys plan? As you know, they're called Cookie Dates. So our flagship kind of experience is like a cafe-based uh, date in general. Uh, so I'm able to go through a thoughtful yet fun ex- experience at, with our partner cafes with something that we designed, which call, we call it the experience kit. So I don't want to spoil the surprise for future potential <laughs> members, but uh, we really put a lot of thought in terms of designing the experience kit. The whole point of it is to encourage slightly more thought-provoking questions for people to get to know each other in a, in a novel yet more fun manner. Right? So we also have unique date concepts along the way, such as walk and talk dates where they can explore you know, hipsterish neighborhoods here and there, museum dates, and even like grocery shopping dates, which many of our users really, really enjoy. So what happens if I meet someone that's like perfect for me because you guys did such a great job at curating and I only want to see that person know what happens to the rest of my plan first of all I think that is something that we are super popular about and that's something that you have congratulations that have unlocked the most value from the Cupidit <laughs> journey all in all firstly you can pause your Cupidit uh, experience indefinitely so you can actually come back in the future if you want to know that again you may also transfer a date credits to a friend that some terms and conditions apply but this is to ensure that your date credits are not put to waste and but, but this is also in the works right we are also coming out with like couples experiences uh, in the future so some of these can actually be transferred to the couples experiences it is good you for the lazy couples who just don't want to plan anything anymore more like this is a good alternative this sounds awesome one thing that i've also been learning from the hidden goods dating program is that actually blind dating or going on blind dates you know it's not not everyone's cup of tea but actually there is sort of a, a growing trend towards it from copy dates perspective right actually what have you seen around how receptive Singaporeans are to blinding. I would say it's, it's quite a novel idea to many Singaporeans at the start, right? Um, I think especially because of a slightly more stronger stigma by traditional dating agencies where they feel that, hey, if I have to pay for to go on a date, isn't it? It's like a like setup. Very desperate, yeah, am I you know, not good enough? Uh, they do start adopting their, their self-confidence, etc. And after all, I mean, definitely can understand Singapore is still running out. Asia and some slightly more conservative country. But after running for around two years or so, right, we find that you know, growingly more and more Singaporeans are open to the, this idea of mm. you know going with an open mind and having and treating it more of like a social experience versus like an actual you know serious date where you you know you expect things to happen out of it, right? So so I think that's that's what dating should be like fun, casual, and potentially also rewarding as you, you know, go into the learning more about yourselves, learning about new perspectives and uh, you know, forming great friendships, you know, if not more. <laughs> yeah, so, so generally, I think more and more people are getting more receptive to the idea. I think I'd much rather go for like a well-planned blind date than to go on like a date where I get catfished. You know what I mean? Like you think you know someone from their profile and you realize that photo has not been updated for like three years and they look nothing like it. I think that's the worst kind of surprise roving. Talk about dating trends, huh? That's uh, catfishing is probably up there in terms of 
and Tinder swindling. Right? Those are things that are definitely happening. In fact, if we could take a bit of a of a detour here, right? One of the big reasons why people are going back to the idea of curated dates. Man, do you remember and, and Z as well? Do you remember watching Indian matchmaking? <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned that Singapore is a conservative country, and to be honest, India is also a conservative country, right? But actually, the idea of going on a date with someone that this matchmaker has you up with is also a blind date, right? And actually, a lot of people have not just bought into it, but actually what Indian matchmaking was kind of showing was that even this generation, the modern generation, right, your millennials, your Gen Zs, even they are coming back into matchmaking, right? Because they are sick and tired of the low level of trust, right, that's happening from dating apps. And they actually would prefer sort of someone curating and looking out for them and saying, hey, this I, I have your best interest at heart, right? And here are some profiles to share with you. And that's on one end. And of course, you can even have curation experiences like what Copy Date is trying to do here. And maybe it's also about efficiency. <laughs> Asians love efficiency, you know? <laughs> can we just date and like get it over and done with? <laughs> Since we're talking about personal experiences here, in fact, my parents have even asked me, you know, whether... I'd be open to matchmaking. Well, would you? My personal take, and I'd love to get your your opinions about it for your own selves. My personal take is that actually I'm not close to it. I just want to give myself a shot at potentially finding someone more organically first. There's still some sense of romanticism in me that I'll meet the one along the way. Yeah. Like, through life. I may not like match with them on Tinder. Or, you know, maybe I'll bump into them at a bar or... The meet cute. Everybody wants the meet cute. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but I actually don't have any issues with actually putting my name in the pool and then seeing who the matchmaker sort of recommends. Because isn't that even better than Tinder? Where, like, you you know, you're, you have all those, like, issues of, like, is this person real? Is this person genuine? For sure. Et cetera, et cetera, right? I don't know. Have you guys, have you guys thought about it? Because I know, I know a lot of people associate Indian culture with matchmaking, but I also know other cultures have matchmaking, too. But I think in ancient Chinese times, like, matchmaking is huge, too. I mean, just look at Mulan. That's the entire narrative, right? The matchmaking system is very, is pretty much, has been around in, I think, Asian culture for the longest time. Although we don't practice it now. Like, I don't have my parents asking me if I want to be, like, another Chinese family's son. But, like, I think the idea has been around for a long time. And I'm not sure how I, I feel about it, to be honest, because I've not been exposed to it. But... I just really appreciate that you're so open about it, Rovik. My dad badgered me a couple of times for me to like think about it. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> no, but I think the idea is is to be open-minded for whatever comes your way. You know what I mean? Like when you're not saying no to any doors, then any doors can provide. So I think that is the the mindset that we should be going into any any sort of connection. A fun fact is that I was born in China, so I have like, you know very traditional grandparents, etc. So I, I do know that there's like this park in my you know, hometown where they do have all the grandparents just coming together and just holding up signs. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of this. Maybe your grandparents are holding for you somewhere, you know? <laughs> that takes marketplace to a whole new other level. We have statistics from India that's saying like match-made marriages have way higher, you know, um, stability, uh, relationship stability rates or way lower divorce rates than, you know, oh. meeting organically. So, so, so I don't know. I think it's 
it's a to each his own kind of perspective. But yeah, um, for me, I'm, I'm definitely open to it. And I think you can apply the same sort of psychology to the curated dates that Kopi date and any other sort of like similar experiences are doing, right? Which is when you date based on an app, right? What you're doing is you are setting yourself for all these expectations. Yeah. And then when you meet the person, you are trying to force this person into those expectations. On the other hand, when you go for matchmaking, most of the time, yes, you will still have expectations, but most of the time you're forced to learn about the person through that experience or through the date. Right. And so it goes back to, to what Z you were saying, right? It's experience first or the encounter first, rather than, you know, necessarily having all these expectations in mind. And when you do that, and then, you know, you you choose to make the commitment to, you know, enter into a stable relationship or enter into a marriage. Actually, those choices are very intentional and for and forces a, a much stronger foundation for the relationship compared to expectation based, where if one day, you know, your expectations change or the person cannot live up to your expectations, then that's where a lot of things break down. And I don't know about you, Mian, but you know, I have some friends who've gone through not just breakups, but divorces. And it goes back to that. It's like, you sure. always say, I was too young. I didn't know what I wanted. I had all these expectations and the person did meet up to it. No, it's definitely scary. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think it's a very strong point that you brought up, uh, Rubik. And um, in terms of setting expe- expectations and also, you know, what do they see relationship as? Uh, that's why I think at Copida, we try to focus a lot on, you know, really understanding yourself first before, you know, coming out with societal driven expectations in terms of what you're looking for others and uh, just very self-fulfilled, you know, at at the beginning, right? I think that is something that no one teaches about us, about how to date, you know, how to approach, you know, relationship, et cetera. And I feel that that is a huge, you know, gap that uh, Kopi can come in to, to, to bridge. I love that. Because like, if you don't understand yourself, if you don't love yourself, how are you going to love anybody else? (laughs) 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 All right. It's safe to say that Z is leading a very skilled team of curators and researchers, and they have the data to show us or rather tell us what Singaporeans are looking for in the year 2022. So we're going to stay tuned for that. But first, I know y'all been waiting for this. Rovic, cue the jingle. Jingle playing (laughs) in post production. All right, guys, moment that you all have been waiting for. This is a special treat that we have for you guys today. We want you to try Kopi Date for yourself. So you can use our special code SGEXPLAIN to receive 30% off your very first Kopi Date experience. This discount is available until the 31st of July, 2022. Woohoo! Woo-hoo, yeah, and if you guys don't know how to spell SGEXPLAIN, how do you guys get here? <laughs> but for those who really don't, it's S G E X P L A I N E D to get 30% off your first experience. Just use it right now and yeah, be part of the magic. All right, back to the episode. Um, so Z, based on your research, what are the most commonly cited criteria or values that Singaporeans look for in a connection today? So at Computer, we do collect you know, feedback from our users after each date as some of them do share a little bit on what they kind of like appreciate or are looking out for in the dates. So uh, based on our 
a significant amount of data points, you find that you notice these three things, right? So the first one is emotional stability or somewhat like a responsibility about their mental health. It seems that Singaporeans really would love to meet people who, you know, are somewhat ready and stable on the emotional level themselves first before meeting new people. I'm actually very surprised that yeah, this is the too. first criteria that you bring up because I thought it would be something like they minimally have a degree or something. One step back maybe, see, what's the demographic of most of your users, right? Are they mostly like 20s or are they... 30s, you know, give, give us sort of a sense because like, man, I'm a bit surprised because this sounds like something very that maybe... Yeah, very woke. Yeah, it might be because of branding, but but yeah, I think that's a great question. So for context, uh, Copidate's core demography starts from like early 20s to late 30s to a little bit even more towards the 40s. And most of our members are, you know, um, they're fresh graduates or they have been working in the workforce for quite some time. And yeah, they have used dating apps for a bit, um, have their reservations here and there because of different reasons we discussed earlier on and would love to, you know, try out something new and be new people. Emotional stability, responsibility, the mental health number one what's next what's what's the other sort of values they would really appreciate to meet someone who is able to kind of like open up a little bit more and uh, be able to express and share more about themselves to capture this is more towards authenticity in my opinion where people are confident enough to, to share a bit more about themselves yeah and be true to themselves uh, in general yo that's so important like you can tell right off the bat if someone is comfortable in their own skin, but also if they're like lying or trying to like balm over things that they're a bit insecure about, which is fine because we all have insecurities, but it's so attractive when someone can be honest about like their fears, but also what excites them, like their little quirks and stuff, right? If, if these are the things that people are saying they like, wow, you must have a really, really good pool of people in your demographic. Why do I get the feeling that aerobics interests has been peaked. <laughs> Robia, here we have a promo call later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last but not least. Yeah, what's the last one? Ambitiousness. When we delve in deeper, it doesn't have to actually be super career-related or career-driven. It's about like having your own personal dreams and goals. And uh, I think most people want to meet someone who kind of like knows what they want in life and what's important to them uh, in general. And yeah, I think that's that's one thing that uh, many of our members uh, highlighted. Do you, you listed all three? It sounds like my dream guy is like <laughs> right there. What would you say are the things that you value besides tall, dark, and handsome? Wait, sorry, that's wrong, wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> I think these three. I've always cited these as like really important values. But I think if I could add one more, it would be someone who's like articulate with their feelings and opinions because I'm someone who, who values communication as a core value. And if I'm thinking long-term, like I want to be with someone who is not, well, doesn't just have the capacity to communicate their wants and needs, but also the ability to have like difficult conversations. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you can't mm-hmm. articulate how you feel, I don't think you can get very far with with solving problems and roadblocks. And those will come, you know, when you're in a in a long term relationship. So if I were to add anything, it would be that it would be being able to articulate how how they feel. I, I would say the one thing I would add is a sense of adventure. Mm, that's so nice. Yeah. Look, life is an adventure, right? And it has its ups and downs. And being able to have that sense of you know, we're going to take things as they come, but we're also going to look for 
what's beautiful in the world. We're going to go out there and be proactive about, you know, taking challenges head front, right? And, and trying to make the best of every opportunity. I think that, that sense of adventure comes from really just having a, a good appreciation of the way the world works and having a sense of like what I want to do with the world. And I've seen people with a sense of adventure being able to ride waves much better than anyone else, right? So I think, I think absolutely agree with Mian that emotional uh, communication, being able to, to have emotional clarity is important. But I also think that mindset, that attitude yes. is also, also super important. When you brought it up, it's so you, Rove, because you're such an adventurous person. Like every couple of months, you'll tell me, oh, he's going to fly somewhere. Or like guys, I'm in India or something. Or guys, I'm going to Dubai or whatever. Like, you know, like you are someone who's very adventurous. So I can see that you do want someone who can like be on your level and like be a match. Like yeah, the world yeah. is your oyster, you know what I mean? Back, well, thanks for saying that. And one thing I've learned, and I've heard this being said before, and many you actually reminded me about it, <laughs> was that actually when you ask someone what they are looking for in a partner, most of the time the response says more about what they're looking for in themselves. So when I say adventure, actually most of the time what I'm saying is the best version of myself would be someone with more adventure. And therefore I'm looking for that in someone else. Right. Have you seen that as well in in your observations of the dating scene when people look for someone? We do notice this exact point that you bring out in terms of what are some of the things they are looking for? It's exactly the same as kind of like somewhat reflect uh, a good reflection of what who they are uh, in terms of their attributes, their characteristics. Uh, and uh, and this is proven by psychology. We've done a, quite a bit of research over here where you are able to connect with people who are like you because of shared experiences, because of, you know, shared backgrounds and perspectives. And, and that creates, you know, more uh, a better sense of trust between one another. And, uh, and that's a foundation for a relationship in general. We've been talking about how these dates are set up, right? And um, both parties have no idea how the other one looks before they meet. But let's be real here. Like physical attraction is still a very important quality. And attraction has nothing to do with like beauty. I think these two are very different concepts, right? Like I think it's very subjective when it comes to attraction. So have there ever been people who are like, yeah, you know, I really liked his or her personality and we got along well, but like I'm not, I'm just not physically attracted to them. For us, we always treat this as a social experience. So we want to keep it as you know, lighthearted as possible. And uh, we encourage all of our members to enjoy the experience you know, um, you know, in the most authentic uh, manner. Along the way, we do take into some feedback of it. Team will actually try to increase and improve our curations a little bit uh, and tweak it along the way by incorporating right. some of the smaller preferences. And uh, I think that's something that we do take a small proportion of as well, into account of as well, uh, doing our, you know, curation uh, methods. Uh. And I think just like, you know, our own self-development journeys, we're always a work in progress. Like we're always changing. So your tastes can change as well. And I think it's the same with Kopi Date. Like the way you guys curate uh, like dates and stuff will change over time as you get different members joining you guys, right? We're leveraging into you know, machine learning and other algorithms to help us uh, calibrate different demographics and see how we can tweak you know, some of the algorithms here and there to ensure to have a better experience, right? But I think primarily what makes us different from um, you know other dating apps and from a algorithm point of view is that our goal is for our members to have 
great conversations, right? And, and this is essentially what we are tracking and what we are you know, collecting data from instead of, you know, finding the most perfect fit or, you know, getting hitched, you know, here and there. So, so yeah, right. I think that's, that's where we're different and that's where we are building up a country, you know, this wrong. I'm glad that we're revisiting the topic of dating because in the first episode, and folks should definitely go check it out, we talked a lot about moving on to online dating. We talked about interracial dating. Mm. And I think in this episode, we're seeing really that evolution, right, about how people are being a lot more intentional with dating, which is it's a very promising sign. I think a lot of the fundamental areas will still remain. I think people will still care about looks, which is it's a whole part about, about attraction, right? Looks definitely has to play a role. Uh, I think there are still some elements where, I mean, Copydate is still targeting uh, a growing, but not the overall market just yet, right? There's still a lot of people who are dating on Tinder, on Bumble, mm. and, and hopefully this shows an opportunity for us to think differently about dating, because when you think about the experience first, or when you think about person first, right, then you also get to focus a lot more about who you are, what you're bringing to the date, and then to actually appreciate what the person's bringing to the date as well and then to build something from there rather than to come in with all these expectations or yeah. have sort of these norms around what a good date should and shouldn't be, right? This is promising and I hope that what Copy Date is doing and what, you know, even Dating for Good, which is the dating program that the Hidden Good is doing, I think all of these just show sort of a, a desire and, and demand for more intentional and more meaningful dating. What I'm really getting from, you know, our conversation today is that I think at the end of the day, it's just about enjoying the process, you know, because the best connections always come when you least expect them. Like, don't hold yourself to a standard or a certain standard that you think you should have when you when you meet new people. I think it's just fun to like meet new people and then see where it goes, right? Thank you so much, Z, for joining us today and also, of course, for collaborating with us on that very special treat for our listeners. Once again, you have until 31st July 2022 to use our code, as G explained, to join Gopidate's community. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. And then to all our listeners, we'll see you in the next episode. Stay tuned.